This is Radar for On The Radar Entertainment Blog with another NFL preview for the 2019-2020 season. The Patriots this year, nobody's going to stop them in the AFC. They got they still have Tom Brady. They still got a tough offensive line. And even though Gronkowski has left them, they still have Julian Edelman, who's going to be healthy for a full season, and Josh Gordon, who is back from the restricted list, and they had a Ben Watson to play tight end. Plus, they have a three-headed monster at running back. You got Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sony Michelle. Now, that that is plenty of offense for them, especially when their defense added Michael Bennett to what they already have in Dante Hightower, Kyle Vanoid, James McCourty, Patrick Chun, Devin McCourty, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jamie Collins. It's going to be very easy ceiling for the, for the uh, Patriots this year to, to, to easily coast because they're facing the Bills and the Jets twice and the Dolphins who are not even trying. So it's very, it's very easy for the Patriots this year to win 12 to 14 games this year because of the talent they got to play. Now the Jets, Sam Darnold was one of the youngest players last year that suit up for them, especially as a rookie quarterback. So it was very hard for Darnold to do well last year. But this year he has Adam Gaze, an offensive-minded head coach, added Le'Veon Bell as a running back who can cast, catch the ball as well as run it. He's a workhorse. And they added Ty Montgomery, who has been a running back and a wide receiver, so they could do some interesting trick plays with him. They also added Jamison Crowder to be a wide receiver too. So Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anua have helped at wide receiver. And on defense, Leonard Williams is joined by them drafting Quinton Williams with a third pick and C.J. Mosley, and they got Ryan Kelly out of retirement to play center, and they traded for Khaleesi Omasile to protect Darnold. So Darnold gets himself a veteran center, and they traded for a top guard in Osemele. And when you draft Quinn Williams and you have Leonard Williams and you have C.J. Mosley, that just makes the defense better. The Jets are one of those sneaky teams that people say, hmm, maybe if everything goes right, they win seven or eight games, maybe even nine. This act be very likely because there's going to be growing pain with Darnold in his sophomore season, even when he has a new coach and all these weapons, because Le'Veon Bell hasn't played for in a full season, nor has Khalil. So Jets are going to be a much improved team, and they'll probably finish second place because the other teams' divisions stink. The Bills, at the other hand, the Bills are second year of having Josh Allen, and it's the third year of Sean McDermott. So you think they're going in a direction. They have their coach, and they have their quarterback. But the problem is their offensive line and their receiving court is not that great. Yeah, they spent money on Cole Beasley and John Brown and Andre Roberts and Tyler Croft. But all that is is Cole Beasley is not a number one. John Brown is not a number one. Andre Roberts is certainly not even a two. And Tyler Croft was the backup tight end in Cincinnati. So they they paid all this money for these skill players. It's not going to really help them. Yes, adding Frank Gore and overpaying on DL that helps them. But they cut LeSean McCoy. And Sean McCoy may have declined, and he's also been used up a lot by the teams he's been on previously. But having LaShawn McCoy to rely on every week is one thing. Frank Gore is a lot older. Yeah, he averages like three yards per carry, but Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon are not LaShawn McCoy at this point in 2019. So they're going to be struggling with the run as well. The defense does have Micah Hyde and Lorenzo Alexander and Tremaine Edwards and Trevadius White, which is a good thing because McDermott has built this defense that is going to be better in the future, but it's not good enough to overcome the line play and no receiving core. And Josh Allen struggles with passing the ball because, man, he can run, but he doesn't have anybody to throw it to, and you don't have LaShawn McCoy. It's not going to be easy. Now, the Dolphins decided this year that they're going to tank, so they fired everybody that was there. So they brought in Brian Flores, the head coach, but he's a defensive coordinator from New England. 
and they hired an offensive coordinator who's never been an offensive coordinator in the, in the NFL. And they decided, we're going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we're going to trade Ryan Tannehill. So we're going all in. We're going to tank. We're going to have one of the worst records in the league. But then they trade for Josh Allen, who was put in a bad position last year with the Cardinals where Sam Bradford got hurt, and they had to turn to him, even though the offensive line wasn't good and the defense was below average that year, and they didn't have many skill players. And Johnson was coming off an injury season previous season. So they don't know what they're doing. If they're going to have Fitzpatrick play, but they're then going to have Josh Allen on the team as well, it doesn't really signal what direction they're going to because offensive line is horrible and their skill players are horrible despite having Devante Parker at wide receiver and Kenyon Drake at running back. They're both ranked towards the bottom of the league in terms of the skills set there. And they have a bad front seven, and despite having Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick, their defense is not going to be good because they traded away Kiko Alonso. Their offensive line got worse by trading away Tunsil to the Texans. So they're all setting up for it to be a bad season, but is it going to be a bad season with a vendor quarterback who's just a placeholder? Or are they actually going to give Allen a chance because Allen may be in the same position he was with the Cardinals? The offensive line may not be as bad, and the defense is going to be on the same page, but you're setting up Allen to not fail, to for him to not succeed. He's going to fail because his head coach is not an offensive-minded guy, which is what you want for a young quarterback, and the team's going to be horrible. So expect the Patriots to sweep the Bills and the Dolphins series. They may split with the Jets, but let's assume the Patriots just sweep the Bills and the Dolphins. The only way the, ball, the Dolphins and Bills get wins is by beating the Jets this year and each other, and that's the AFC East. The AFC North is the Steelers' division to lose because they have the best quarterback in a, in a Ben Roethlisberger. They also still have Juju Smith-Schuster as the top receiver, and they still have James Conner at running back because they played a full season without Le'Veon Bell, so Conner played well. They did play with Antonio Brown and stretches before when he's been injured, but they also brought in a veteran receiver in Dante Moncrief, who doesn't have to do that much just for be out there and get balls thrown to because Roethlisberger will throw it to him. Vance McDonald will be out there. So they still got some skilled players to make up for the loss of the two other Bs. And they still have a tough offensive line because they have Maurice Pouncey and David Castro and have top front seven because they have Cameron Haver to find two of the TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and Jason Hargrave and nose tackle. And they have Joe Hayden still leading the defensive backs. That may be a little bit of a weakness. The defensive backs may not be as good. But when you have a top offensive line, you still have Ben Roethlisberger playing well. And you have Judas Mastuser and James Conner and, off- and a good defense. It is still their division to lose. And they could win 10, 11 games, but they're probably not going to have a bye, round, bye week in the playoffs. And at the same time, the Browns are no longer going to be a last place team. And they have a chance this year to be the second wildcard spot because they finally found the franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And they already had Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway and David Njoku and Nick Chubb. But they said, we're going to get OBJ to play with his buddy Jarvis Landry. So we have three good receivers and we have a good tight end. And I know that Nick Chubb has played well, but we got Kareem Hunt, who was one of the league leading running backs in all of football before the suspension. Adding all of those to offense so that Baker Mayfield for a full season had the offensive coordinator and the head coach he wants the off- in Freddie Kitchens, that would be very good for him because the sophomore season is usually where it's hard for rookies who do well. Rookie, they have a sophomore slump. But also the issues are that Freddie Kitchens may be our coach when it comes to the playoffs or really important games because he's never been an offensive coordinator for a full season, nor has he been a head coach ever. He was a quarterback's running coach. He, you know, quarterback's the running back's coach. He hasn't really had the experience. But based on the offense the Browns have and the fact that they still have Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett, who they drafted, and they acquired Olivia Vernon and Sheldon Richardson this year, it also makes their defense a chance to be top 10. So if their defense and their skilled players are all there, and, the, and yes, the coach who wants Baker Mayfield has only a chance to go up. And they're going to be a second-place team for a while. 
until the Steelers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger retired. The Browns have a chance this year to really make a difference and win maybe eight, nine games and make the second wildcard spot. Now, the Ravens got lucky that in the last year's draft, they got Lamar Jackson, and it turned out to be well because Flacco got hurt and he had been declining. And he and he propelled them to the playoffs with his running. And you give John a lot of credit to Harbaugh for changing the offense on the fly to be a run-style team with the quarterback. But when you look at last year closely about the Ravens, why they were so good was because their offensive line and their defense carried them last year. So they still have a good offensive line this year. Nothing really changed there. But their defense, they lost Zadarius Smith, Brent Urban, C.J. Mosley, and Terrell Suggs. That really hurts them in the front seven. But they, they got Earl Thomas as safety. He's a chance to become back player of the year to add to their defensive backs. So their defensive backs were already good, but then you added Earl Thomas. So that's going to have to make up for their front seven being kind of one of the weakness on their team. And they signed Mark Ingram, and he's been a lead running back. But when Alvin Kamara came in, he jumped to the, he became a secondary player. Now he will help in this running offense, Lamar Jackson. But the problem is, you only heard of Willie Snead, a wide receiver. So their wide receiver tight end combination is not good enough, and their and their front seven got weakened. Now Lamar Jackson may have some sophomore slumps as well, because the league will have tape on figuring him out because he really didn't score in that one playoff game they had. So it's going to be very hard for the Ravens this year to obviously win a division, and it'll be very hard for them to make the playoffs because the Browns are certainly better than them, and there are other teams in the AFC that are better than them this year. But having a t- having a Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson's division is only going pushing it up for them to compete every year as the Steelers will go down. And the Bengals got lucky that every year they made the playoffs, the Browns were horrible, okay? But that's when they had an offensive line that could protect Andy Dalton, and they had a, and a, and they had a good defense. This year their front seven is horrible, and their defense is just bad in general, despite having Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. It doesn't make up for a bad defense. Now, Andy Dalton is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback who needs the offensive line to protect him, and he needs a good defense, and he needs a good receiving court to succeed. But A.J. Green got hurt in the beginning of the offseason, and he's going to be out for a few games. Plus, he's getting older because he's in his 30s, so it's not he's not going to be the same player he was. And as good as Tyler Boyd is, without A.J. Green, everybody's going to focus on him in terms of the passing game. And Joe Mixon is the best thing on the team. But when your running back's the best thing, everybody knows that. So it's going to be hard for Joe Mixon to succeed without any help on it, on his team. And at the same time, the Bengals are going in the other way. They're going to the future. Because after 15 years of Marvin Lewis, they hire 36-year-old Zach Tyler, who worked with McVay, and he's one of these young hotshot offensive guys. That signals that they're going to rebuild. This is not a reboot because A.J. Green is getting older, Okay. The defense is not as good as it used to be. The offense is not as good as it used to be. Eddie Dalton is falling down to be more in the top 20 than the top 15 quarterbacks. So teams that are looking for a veteran quarterback because they think they're one piece away because every other skill is great on their team, may should look to trade, to trade for Eddie Dalton. They may trade for Geno Atkins or Carlos Dunlap, or they may trade for A.J. Green even. The Bengals are not going anywhere. So Steelers this year could sweep the Bengals. They're definitely not going to sweep the Browns this year. They'll have to split with them, and the Ravens, and the Browns will split with each other, but they both could both sweep the Bengals. It could happen this year, but it's the Steelers' division to lose. Browns most likely a wild card spot, and the Ravens just missed the playoffs, and the Bengals are horrible. Now in the AFC South, the Texans drafted two offensive linemen, and they signed Matt Khalil. Not to confuse it right, Khalil, and they just traded for Laramie Tunso. The hope is they could protect Deshaun Watson because they didn't, because he couldn't travel with a plane because of the stuff, the internal injuries he had. He had to take, you know, a bus or a train to get to play to get to games. Now he is the best quarterback in the AFC South, 
and if you can have an approved offensive line, that will help them. Now, Bill O'Brien may have made a mistake waiting just before the season to sign, to trade for Laramie Tunstall because he's a left tackle, and that's very important. But this season, if he and Khalil and the guys they drafted in the offensive line gel together, it will keep Deshaun Watson upright. He doesn't have to run everywhere to avoid it. Plus, he'll have more time to throw to one of the best receivers in football in DeAndre Hopkins. And he'll have Will Fuller to Southie. And they got Kenny Steeles, who was like a trying to be the one or two in Miami. And he's really number three. So you got those three guys. And you're like, man, they got great skill players at right receiver. Their defense is pretty good because they, of course, have J.J. Watt, Whitney Marcellus, and Jonathan Joseph. And they added Bradley Roby. But... You traded away Jadavion Clowney, so they they lose a little bit of how good they are at defense. But overall, you're like, well, this team is great. And then they have Lamar Miller, who's a workhorse. He's one of the running backs who just goes there every day, every down. He, rush, he rushes, he gets all those yards. But he tore his ACL in a meaningless preseason game, and he's out for the year. So it's a good thing they traded for Duke Johnson, but he's a pass catcher. But it's even more important they traded for Carlos Hyde, because when Carlos Hyde was in San Francisco, he also three down running back, somebody you could rely on. So now he's Carl Hyde and Duke Johnson to replace Lamar Miller, and he had a Kenny Stills and hopefully Will Fuller's pack. It's the Texas Division to lose this year, but I highly doubt the Texans are going to make it past the first round. They're going to have to play in a wild card game, and they may have to play the Chargers because they'll be the lower seed of division winners, and they'll be lucky this team to win nine games because every team in this division has a chance to win the division, but they also have a chance to also win six or seven games. So it's the Texas division to, to lose. Now the Titans move up to number two. Now the Titans have Marcus Mariota, but the problem is he can never stay healthy. So they said, why don't we trade for Ryan Tannehill to push him? Well, Ryan Tannehill, what has been an issue in Miami? Can't stay healthy. So what are you going to do if both your starting quarterbacks are injured? Do you have anybody else on your team as a third-string uh, quarterback? That's the problem that you have with the, with the, uh, the Titans. They, you know, Derrick Henry last year was great, but that's like a mirage. He's not supposed to be that great because he hasn't been that great. It was just a small amount last year. The problem also is, is the new offense and offensive system for the third straight season. They've changed coordinators in a system for three straight years, and that's hard on a quarterback. It's also hard on offensive line because if the offensive line isn't great and you keep changing who the offensive coordinator is and you keep changing who the, you know, what the offensive set is, the offensive line is not going to protect them either and he's and he can't stay healthy nor can Ryan Tannehill and the problem is with the problem with the with the Titans is also is that the best system for the new offensive coordinator and for Marcus Mariota is to have tight ends to have two tight ends the problem is as good as Delaney Walker has been he can't stay healthy and they spent money on Adam Humphreys, and they have Corey Davis, and they drafted A.J. Brown. So they're going to have to be in a lot of three wide receiver sets. And in the two-minute drills that Mariota has been in his career, he is not, you know, he has not actually, you know, been that successful in that situation. And their defense, as good as it's been, As good as their defense has been, it's not good enough to overcompensate for how bad this offense is going to be. Because Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byard and Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, and even the fact that they added Cameron Wake, that is not going to help them this year because that's the issue. They do, If both quarterbacks get hurt, their offensive line isn't that great, and they have to rely on a quarterback named Woodside that nobody's ever, ever heard of in their life, and their defense is not good. They could probably be lucky if they win six or seven games. 
and the Colts, man, the Colts had everything. They got the new GM, and he started drafting offensive linemen, and they were good. They were protecting Andrew Luck. They went and drafted some defensive players, and they had defensive player of the year. And Darius Leonard. They drafted Marlon Mack. They had themselves a running back. It was all good. And they still obviously had Jack Doyle. And Eric Ebron was amazing last year. Yeah, he's going to come back down, but now they have two tight ends. And they had T.Y. Hilton still always being out there. And they added Devin Funches this year, who's always been trying to be number one in Carolina, but he's number two, really, to Marlon Mack and the other running backs and their offensive line. Because their offensive line has four guys that they drafted in recent drafts that have gelled together. Okay? On defense, they added Justin Houston. In free agency, drafted Ben Banago, and they still have Kenny Moore quarterback. So they've improved their defense. Their offensive line is getting better. They have a good wide receiver, too, and they have a good running back and two tight ends. That's all possible that Andrew Luck had everything he needed, plus having had an adventary kicker, for them to go c- compete in the playoffs against the Patriots and the Chiefs. Well, Andrew Luck decided to retire, abrupt, or retire abruptly. So as good as Jacoby Brissett is in the middle of the pack quarterback, filling it admirably for Andrew Luck and Tom Brady, who's in New England, it's not enough to make the playoffs or even win the playoffs. So, but the thing about their defense was, for the final 10 weeks last season, they allowed the fewest points. So their defense, if it doesn't have many names outside of Houston and Kenny Moore and Darius Leonard and the guy they drafted, Ben Bonagou, their defense showed that last year. We don't need to have a lot of names. We can still be good. We kept Andrew Luck healthy last year. So everything is in the thing. Jack Doyle's back, another good tight end. But the Colts, with how good the team is surrounding the quarterback, they're not going to be horrible. They're not going to move to last place. They're going to be probably 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 7-9 and nine at most. And maybe they get the second place because the tight ends just suck. Now the Jaguars, they have that great defense. But Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell and Aja Boye can't overcome the deficiencies on the offense and everywhere else. Now you're like, oh, let's go to Blake Bortles. No, Blake Bortles is not the reason why they were bad. They just didn't over. They there was a reason they're bad, but overall, not the reason why they're bad. Because in paper, the Texans and the Colts were better than them. So they said, you know what? We're gonna sign Nick Foles. Now Nick Foles has always been a middle of the pack quarterback, even outside of his equal playoff and Super Bowl, you know, hero mentality. The problem is he doesn't have anybody to throw to, at wide receiver, or tight end, and Leonard Fournette hasn't been healthy. And there's been issues with the front office, and he hasn't been consistent. And the, and, the, and the offensive line, you know, is below average. It's not that great. It's not as good as it was in Eagles. So his protection's not going to be good. He's not going to have skilled players to throw to. And they think by hiring John DeFilippo to be his offensive coordinator because of the time in Philadelphia together, oh, that's going to work out really well. Part of the reason why DeFilippo, DeFilippo was fired was because he wanted to only throw the ball. And in Minnesota, he had Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette could be on the same page. But Minnesota's offensive line and the Jacksonville Daglot, there's a little bit of a difference there. The offensive line, you know, it's not, they're both, it's a little bit different story of who has a better offensive line. But the thing that Minnesota has is they had three good receivers in the receiving court. You have the tight end Kyle Rudolph, and you have Stephon Diggs, and you have Adam Thielen. Jacksonville doesn't have that. So his desire to throw the ball all the time is not going to be good. He's going to have to rely on Leonard Fournette because Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin, they're about defense and running the ball. So Foles decided to get his money and he deserves it, all that, and Jacksonville finally got their quarterback. But it's going to go epically disaster. They're probably going to win six games at most for the AFC South. The AFC South is the Division to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts sneak in. It's 
you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, if the things don't go right with the Texans, I can see the Titans just flopping the Jaguars past them up as well. But it's going to be a Texas division for a while now because their quarterback is better than Marcus Mariota. Their quarterback's better than Nick Foles, are better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. Now the Chiefs. Outside of the Patriots, they're the class of the AFC. It's going to be the second season of Mahomes, so Andy Reid can give second full season. They can give his whole entire playbook, everything he wanted to do when he had, you know, Alex Smith, but, you know, Alex Smith is not the type of quarterback Mahomes is, nor was Donovan McNabb. They can just break loose all of the playbook, and you can see things you haven't seen before. So there's always that. Also, you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. That's a good trio to have. You're probably the best tight end. You probably have one of the two best wide receiver combinations in football because of speed. Endless possibilities. They, have, they don't have Kareem Hunt anymore at running back. But Damon Williams last year proved he was pretty good last year. And with the Bills cutting LaShawn McCoy and LaShawn McCoy being a former Eagle, whatever he has left on those tires, LaShawn McCoy and Damon Williams, it's a good running back combination. On defense, they only just got better because they added Frank Clark, okay? They also, tr- they, from the trade, they signed Tyron Matthew, Damian Wilson, and Alex Okafor. They, so they proved their defense there, because Chris Jones and Derek and I couldn't do it all by themselves. You know, they needed to add players like Clark and Matthew that have done it before in pl- big situations. So their defense only got better. They still have a top offensive line. They added LaShawn McCord to Damian Williams. They still have Hill, Travis, and Watkins. Chiefs can win 12, 13 games if they really wanted to because they could probably sweep the Raiders in their own division, and they could even sweep the Broncos if things don't go correct there. The only real threat to them is the Chargers. And the Chargers will probably have the best record of a wildcard team that will probably be double-digit wins, which is better than the Titans, who are going to the Titans or the Texans who could win the division, and they may win nine games, maybe eight. The Chargers still have Phillip Rivers, who is in the same class as Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady, the older guys, and they can, you know, still play. And he has a talented roster, which Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin, as his other wide receivers, because Keenan Allen is there, and Hunter Henry's healthy. So all of those players to throw to, plus an O-line that's led by Mike Pouncey, that's confused with his brother in in Pittsburgh, they need Maurice. The Pounceys, again, any of the Pounceys, anytime you have a Pouncey on your team, it's a good thing. Plus... Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson last year proved in games that Melvin Gordon didn't play because of injury that they can handle the task at running back. So if Melvin Gordon does not come back to week 10 or whatever the week is he's supposed to be so he can keep whatever free agency has left because he has to report at some point because he has a different deal that different year the deal than he had with Le'Veon Bell and all those other running backs that want to hold out, I, they, they feel confident their offense can overcome Melvin Gordon not being there. And their defense has Joey Bolza, Melvin Ingram, and Brandon Memory, and Casey Hayward, Safety Derwin James, and they brought in Thomas Davis at linebacker. So their defense is great. They have a good offensive line. They have two running backs that can prove it because Gordon's been out, and they have a trio of wide receivers and a hunt, healthy Hunter Henry, and they still have Phillip Rivers. That's just the examples of how the Chargers are talented on both sides of the ball, and if they were in another division, if they were in the AFC South, or if they were in the AFC North, they could probably win a division. So the Chargers are most likely going to get the first wildcard spot because they can't overcome the Chiefs. The Broncos drafted Jake Locke. So you're like, okay, they're going to try again a quarterback. Nope, they traded for Joe Flacco after one season at Case Keenum. So they're again, don't know what they're doing at quarterback because they've had Brock Osweiler and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. They keep it going. 
Now, they fired a defensive coordinator type of head coach. He was a defensive coordinator before they hired him to hire another one. So, like, yeah, our, our, our head coach who was us a defensive coordinator, he's not good enough. So let's hire one of 15 years older, Vic Fangio, who has never been in a head coach before. And there's been reasons because league is moving to offense. Some people don't think certain coaches can be head coaches. They could just be coordinators. And they think because his strength is defense, even allows the strength of the previous guy, that on their defense, they still have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris, Derek Wolf, that their defense could propel them. But they're in the wrong division. The Chiefs and the Chargers are way better than them. If they were in the Patriots division, they'd probably finish second place. If they're in the Steelers division, they have a chance to finish second place. Maybe. Probably not because, you know, the Browns and Ravens are good. But they have a chance to win the AFC South probably. But that's as everything goes right. Their defense plays amazing. Joe Flacco plays average, okay? But their offensive line is a work in progress. Emmanuel Sanders is the only weapon to throw to an offense. And they have a tandem of Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and Theo Riddick. But that just means you don't have one lead running back. You're not sure which running back you want to use. And Theo Riddick is more of a pass catcher. So it doesn't matter if it's Locke or Flacco. They're going to have to rely on this defense and the running back tandems. And that's not good enough in this division. So they're lucky to win, you know, seven or eight wins. They could be seven or nine. They could be six and ten. You don't know. Flacco could get hurt again or just play so bad they play Jake Locke. Jake Locke is not ready and nothing goes well for them. And the Raiders. They have eight more years of John Gruden as the head coach. They have NFL Network Mike Mayock as GM. So they have two personalities in the leading the team. They brought in Vontez Burfecht, who doesn't get along with Antonio Brown, and they brought in. They brought in Richie Incognito, who did a bowling scandal. Nathan Peterman as a backup quarterback. This is all signs of disaster happening because of all the personalities and all the stuff that's happened with the helmet and his feet, Antonio Brown, and Derek Carr not always getting along with John Gruden. But they quietly improved with Trent Williams and Tyrell Williams and J.J. Nelson, and they drafted Josh Jacobs, and on defense they have LaMarcus Joyner, and they drafted Colin Farrell. So by drafting a young guy in Colin Farrell and Josh Jacobs, that's for the future. Signing Trent Brown for offensive line, great. Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson to pair along with Antonio Brown. That sounds good, but they had that thing before Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, so having a couple good receivers doesn't mean anything. And they had Marshawn Lynch, and they've had Doug Martin, so Josh Jacobs, uh, they hope he's better. And if LaMarcus Joyner, you know, is one of the only guys on defense you've heard of, except for Colin Farrell, who they drafted, their defense is also work in progress. But hey, Oakland can say goodbye in their final season. It's going to be a very interesting, fun, dysfunctional season that they're lucky to win three or four games. And Oakland, Oakland will say good riddance with them, and Vegas will welcome the new team. And if the Redskins fire you know, Jay Gruden, he could just join his brother in Las Vegas. So the AFC West this, this season, what is most likely going to happen is the Chiefs Run away with it, win 12 to 13 games. The Chargers can win 9, 10, 11 games, too, and finish in second place. Get the high wild card spot. The Broncos could be disastrous to win five or six games if both quarterbacks get hurt and don't work out or get exposed. Or they could be surprising and win six. They can win seven, eight, or nine games and be competitive. And the Raiders are going to be horrible and win three or four games. Now, that was the AFC. Now, when it comes to the NFC, the NFC has a lot better teams than the AFC. The AFC is the Patriots only in their division. And as good as the Ravens and Browns could be, it's really the Steelers. And outside of the Chargers, it's only the Chiefs. And then we said the AFC South is horrible. You don't know what's going to happen with that. It was only with Andrew Luck. You could obviously assume that they're going to win. But without him, that's not good. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they think 
they're always going to get to the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones thinks he's smarter than everybody else. That's why he's like, I don't know. I don't have to play Zeke Elliott. We don't need to pay a lead rushing running back. Could we go to the Super Bowl? That one would happen with Emmitt Smith. They, they lost a couple of games until they signed him. Jason Garrett should have been fired years ago, but of course everybody knows he's still the coach because of his Jerry Jones does whatever he wants, and he just steps in. He doesn't fight back like all the other coaches he's had. They've been personalities in Hall of Fame. They've been Hall of Fame coaches, and they know what they're doing. The other problem is if they don't sign him and he misses any handful of games, they're definitely not winning the division, and the NFC is better than the AFC. The Cowboys are not going to even get a wild card spot. They're only maybe get a wild card spot if Zeke played the whole season. Now, the thing is Dak Prescott, when he came to the league, he still had a great offensive line. The offensive line has been one of the best in all of football, and they continue to be a great offensive line. And their defense is great because they've got a top 10 quality. If you have Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Byron Jones, Demarcus Lawrence, and Sean Lee as just names of their defense. So they could have potentially have a top offensive line and a top defense. So those are all factors into quarterback success. At the same time, they also added Randall Cobb so that he doesn't throw the ball all the time to Mario Cooper, who we got second half of the season last year, so they get a full season to work with him. But also, they added Alfred Morris and drafted a running back as as precursors to Ezekiel Elliott doesn't play. But Alfred Morris hasn't been good in a while, and you don't know what you're going to get from a rookie. So it's all going to be on Dak Prescott to be a better passer because he's going to have to pass the ball more often with Randall Cobb, you know, Gallup, and Tavon Austin, and of course, Cooper. And his defense and offensive line are going to have to bail him out. So that's not really going to go the well. And yes, it's Jason Witten, but Jason Witten wasn't Travis Kelsey or Gronk. He is just steady. He's your security blanket. So the Cowboys are going to be lucky if they win eight games this year. That's with Zeke because of how good the, the NFC is. And the over and, and make or break for Dak. Dak is not going to get a huge contract from the Cowboys or anybody if he can't lead this team without Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott has always been tied to his success. That's, that's the thing. It's the Eagles division to lose because on paper, Carson Wentz is better than every quarterback in the division. But the problem is injury, 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 and they had Nick Foles come in. Ooh, Nick Foles is now in Jacksonville. So what are they going to do if he gets hurt? Okay? I like this Nate Sudfellow guy. Woohoo. But in camp, in camp, man, they had quarterbacks that you've never heard of. I think one of the one of the quarterbacks they had in the offseason was Cody Kessler. If they Cody Kessler, if he's one of the quarterbacks that they had in the playoffs, I mean in the offseason, man, it's not really looking good if he gets hurt if Sudfell or Cody Kessler. Which is why, no matter who it is in the offseason and the preseason they had, that is horrible guys that have failed before, guys you've never heard of, is they went and got Josh McCown. Josh McCown is a journeyman. He comes in with the injuries. He comes in when the team needs somebody to play before the rookie comes up. Josh McCown will be serviceable enough. But the question is, is Josh McCown better than Nick Foles? Josh McCown's older. He didn't play that much last year because of Sam Darnold in New York. It's make or break. Now, the, the Eagles team is very, very good. Okay? They have a great offensive line because of Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, and Lane Johnson, which is why they went to the Super Bowl. They still have Fletcher Cox and Malcolm Jenkins. It only gets better when you add Malik Jackson and Ronald Darby to it. So the defense, the offensive line, they're all there for them. Outside Jeffrey's still on the team. So is Nelson Aguilar, and so is one of the top tight ends in the league in Zach Ertz. By adding Deshaun Jackson as, in, as another receiver as a deep threat and adding Jordan Howard at running back, which the problem is for the as for the Eagles, they haven't had a good running back since LaShawn McCoy workhorse. That you know, Jordan Howard like Ezekiel Elliott and Lamar Miller. They just go in every day, they run the ball, and they're top leaders in rushing. That's what you want. So having Jordan Howard will make things easier on Wentz, because he doesn't have to 
throw the ball all the time. You can rely on the running game because you still have Jared Sproles. You can cast patches out of the backfield. As you said, you got three receivers and a tight end. That's a pretty good core of receiving core and having Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles. So even if Wentz doesn't stay healthy for the full season, but McCown is serviceable enough with the defense helping and the offensive line being good and all the skill players and relying on Jordan Howard, that they could probably win nine games, maybe ten overall. Because it's going to be very hard if Carson Wentz is healthy and it's Josh McCown because he's not in the full. And the Eagles, even if they win a division because half the division is horrible, and the Cowboys may not have Zeke LA for the full season, that they'll probably lose in the first round and they'll have one of the worst seeds because the other three divisions will probably have division winners with at least 10 to 12 wins. Now the Giants, everybody thought they were going to draft a defensive player or trade down and draft a quarterback towards the end of the draft. And if they were going to draft a quarterback till the end of the draft of day one, the first round, it would have probably been Dwayne Haskins. Or if they waited to the second round, they would have got Daniel Jones. But everybody has said they've reached that Drew quarterback, Daniel Jones. Duke is not known for football, nor quarterbacking. And Daniel Jones stretched to go late first round, early second round, not a first round pick. And you'd say to yourself, if you're still going to go with Eli Manning, you want to give a proper send-off because you broke his streak of consecutive starts in the NFL that his brother had before him, then you don't draft a quarterback this year. Or you draft a quarterback in the second or third round, and there's no expectations of him starting. But when you draft Daniel Jones in the top 10, you're expecting the guy to play. And being an impact, and you don't want to a draft pick. But the team isn't that good, so probably halfway through the season, the Giants haven't won more than four or five games when the season ends. They're going to have to play Daniel Jones and have some other way to send off Eli Manning because it's the only way it's going to work. Because Dave Gettleman thinks he knows everything. Carolina didn't work out. Players have been accusing him of stuff. Yeah, Pat Shermer's kind of not like a personality guy. Like people don't know what he, you're going to get out of him because. His resume is the Browns. That's really good. So this team also decided, Gettleman's like, I don't need Odell Beckham Jr. Goodbye, Odell. I don't need to have Olivier Vernon, Atlanta Collins, and Damon Harrison on defense. I don't need to have a good defense. No, I will have Golden Tape, and he'll get spent for four games. Evan Ingram, injuries, inconsistency. Same thing with Sterling Shepard. So Eli, or Daniel Jones, is going to have to rely on an offensive line that's was supposed to be good with Nate Soldier and them drafting an offensive line in the first round, which wasn't. They also have to rely on only Sterling Shepard, who can't stay healthy and has been consistent. Evan Ingram was only been inconsistent and injured. And they have to wait after four games to get Golden Tate, who is not a number one receiver. He's more of a two or three. So the weapons-wise isn't that great, which means that by behind a bad offensive line, not great skill players that you can rely on consistently, and not a great defense, Saquon Barkley is going to be the answer. It's probably what offensive uh, offensive player of the year. He's going to be the reason why they win games, but everybody knows they're going to stuff the box. So it's going to be hard on Saquon Barkley's sophomore year to be as good as he was a rookie year because at least last year the Giants had Odell Beckham Jr. So and off the, nobody has the game plan for that. They only can game plan for him. He's the game plan. Stop Saquon Barkley. Okay? Now Washington, on the other hand, they're going to be worse than the Giants. Like, really, 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 really bad. Okay, they're going to be lucky to win three or four games this year because they decided, you know, we're going to get Case Keaton, but we still have Colt McCoy on the roster. Alex Smith is still on their contract, but we don't know if he's ever going to play. So those are the veterans we have. But let's draft Dwayne Haskins. He's a local kid. That will make everybody in Washington forget how we have a racial name, the red, quote-unquote the Redskins as our name, and how bad we are. They let go of Josh Doxson, one of their only receivers. They said, yeah, we're just going to be super, super bad because now they have the quarterback. We can top, maybe draft a top offensive lineman or a top defensive player or even a running back in the draft next year to make Dwayne Haskins better. Because, you know, at some point, Keenum 
He's not Eli Manning bad, but he's not great. He basically had one good season surrounded by a team that had everything, defense, offensive line, and skilled players that got him the contract for Denver, but then he was bad in Denver, which is why they got rid of him for Joe Flacco, and that means a lot about Case Keenum. See, the thing is, the offensive line is not going to really protect Case Keenum, nor is going to protect Dwayne Haskins. And outside of Adrian Peterson, who is still playing because he owes a lot of money and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, he's not the same player he was. Chris Thompson is more of a pass-catching running back. And they have Jordan Reed, who's been cussed so many times, people thought he would retire. Why is he still out there? Like, I beg you, stop playing football, man. It's not worth it. And Vernon Davis, who everybody thought was retired. So they got old guys, guys shouldn't be playing. And they decided that they're going to add Eric Flowers for the offensive line. Eric Flowers, man. Let me tell you about Eric Flowers. The reason why he is still not on the New York football giants is because he was a he was a failed first round pick, like a prospect that did not work out. So the Washington thinks, yeah, we're gonna have a failed offensive lineman from the Giants who are as bad as us. We're gonna get Dominic Rogers Cromarty out of retirement, he used to play for the Giants, and Landon Collins who the Giants let go as well to get multiple Giants rejects that'll help out Josh Norman and Ryan Kerrigan on defense. Washington, you're not going anywhere. You need to trade Josh Norman, Ryan Kerrigan, see if you can trade Landon Collins, see see what you can do. Because it's either going to be Case Keenum getting destroyed by a bad offensive lineman and no help on offense, or it's going to be Dwayne Haskins, who's the rookie. You're going to destroy his confidence or you're getting injured. So the question is, what's the breaking point in the season? Do you play, you bench Case Keenum and you play the rookie? Because you don't want to get the rookie hurt and his confidence down, but you also decide to go Colt McCoy and he'll take all the beating like he did in Cleveland before. That's the thing. To go with the veteran, take the beating, but everybody knows it's the rookie's job for Dwayne Haskins, or do we let him go out there? So this year, Washington's going to be lucky to win three or four games. The Giants will be lucky to win four or five, maybe six games. Cowboys are probably going to go eight and eight, seven and nine. That's even with Ezekiel Elliott because there's a lot of ifs. If Dak Prescott can lead a team to the playoffs without Ezekiel Elliott, you know, if he can do this all by himself, because the Eagles are way better. But then it's if Carson Wentz stays healthy because every of the backups don't really inspire much confidence, and Josh McCown is not as good as Nick Foles. But the Eagles, man, we have a great offensive line, great defense, and great skill players. That is better than the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a great offensive line, too, and great defense and some good skill players. But Jordan Howard's better than Alfred Morris. He's not better than Zeke Elliott, but he's pretty close to, if you look at the numbers. And I'd rather have Alson Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun Jackson, and Zach Ertz than having what the Cowboys have. You know how good, a good uh, Amari Cooper is in the end. The defense are both comparable. So it's going to be Eagles division to lose. Cowboys are going to be competitive, 500 or above, maybe make the playoffs as a wild card team. The Giants watch should be horrible, so the Cowboys need to sweep them as well. Now, in the NFC North, which is better, should be called the NFC Central, the Packers are the team to beat because Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy, okay? And they finally get rid of Mike McCarthy, who everybody says offense was boring. Rodgers have to improvise all the time. He would have to run out of the pocket, do all this stuff, they'll get himself injured. The Packers decided this year that we decided that we're going to get Billy Turner at right guard, and they're going to draft Elginson Jenkins. We could make some improvements to the offensive line to keep Rodgers upright. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones this year and not throwing the ball all the time because despite having Jimmy Graham, the team, Jordan Nelson went to Oakland retired. Right? They let Randall Cobb go. As good as Devontae Adams is, he may be better than the other wide receivers overall in this division, but 
It's about having depth and having other options. And if your only option is him, everybody's going to know that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to him, so they got to run the ball a lot with Aaron Jones, make some plays for Jimmy Graham. The thing that also had hard, was bad for Rodgers was not that the, he had to carry the team because the offensive line was horrible or he had no run game. Their offensive line is improved and he has a run game. It was also the defense, so he didn't really have to score as much as possible. But the Packers decided we're going to get defensive ends to Zary Smith, Preston Smith, and steal safety Adrian Amos from the division rival Bears. So they're hoping with their defense improved that Rodgers have to do everything. The offensive line will protect them, and he has a run game in Aaron Jones. Things will be better. But outside of that, in terms of the players on the field, they said, we're going to sire Matt LaFleur, who's done all these great things in football. He said, you worked with McVay. He worked, you know, all over the place. That's the thing. You know, he helped Matt Ryan, all these things. Nathaniel Hackett helped the Bills offense. He also hacked, helped Blake Bortles. He helped all these teams, and his, you know, his family has a his family has coaching in their blood, and there's a tree from his his relatives, you know, from the from his family members who've coached. They got all these coaches who coach in college or professional. The hope is that they have this great new offense that all these teams have, like a Nagy and Sean McVay. You got all these teams who hire offensive coordinators to be head coaches because of their schemes and their their relationship with the quarterback, like Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland and Adam Gaze in New York. They hope. So the hope is that the combination of Lafleur and Hackett, working hand in hand with Aaron Rodgers and a better offensive line, and a good running game, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do everything by himself, call the plays, because they have offensive geniuses supposedly helping him out. That with all these improvements, the Packers' division to lose, and the Packers' code, honestly, could have a higher seed this year than the Eagles and the Saints, maybe. But it's definitely going to have a higher seed than the Eagles. They're still going to have to not have a bye week because they have to worry about the Bears. Their division is, they may not even be able to sweep the Lions. They, It could be easily the Packers only get three wins this year from their own division, unlike other teams could do. But they have a lot of competition. Because if they could, they can win 10-11 games, but the Bears can also win 10-11 games, so could the Vikings. The Bears still have a better defense. You get Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Eddie Goldman, Leonard Floyd, and Roquan Smith. Plus, they got Ha Ha Clinton Dix from the Packers. Well, he was on Washington, but the Packers drafted him. Now, Khalil Mack was on like a limit last year for the first couple of games. He could play a full season. Roquan Smith was a rookie. Their defense should be the same as hard, but, you know, defenses come and go every year how good they are. And as good as Vic Fangio is, the question is, will be, can Chuck Pagano, who is a defensive-minded guy who shouldn't have been, who was a head coach before, can he learn from his mistakes and have this amazing defense, which he didn't have in Indianapolis. You can't blame him. The Colts didn't have a great defense when he was there. You can't blame him. So if he has all these weapons, can they gel together and work together? Because they're still the backbone of this team. The best players on this team are on the defense. Mitch Trubisky will be in the second year with Nagy, like Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid, so you can unload the playbook. You can do more things. It's like golf got better when McVeigh every year is getting more things to do. It's still going to be about Trubisky if this division is the Bears or the Packers and their wild card spot because he has to improve. Because he has a stable of skill players, unlike the Packers, who just have Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. He has Allen Robinson, Tyro Gabriel, and Anthony Miller. You're like, okay, those are weapons. They're going to be really well, do really well. And they had a Corderell Patterson. Corderell Patterson is a kick-punt returner, but he's also a wide receiver who could line out like a running back. There's so many th- gadget plays you could do with him. And you could also do these gadget plays with Tariq Cohen as well. And they have Trey Burton as well. The real problem is going to be not just how... Trubisky improves this year and more of the playbook and the, how he uses his skill players, 
it's a matter of they don't have Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was very important. He Nagy, whatever the issue was, he wanted a pass catcher. He didn't want a guy who ran the ball every three downs, and there were some games where he just didn't use him whatsoever, and he'd go quiet because he wasn't part of the game plan. Okay, that's on Nagy. He's going to have to say, do you know what? I think it's better that we have gadget players like Patterson and Tariq Cohen that can come out of the backfield, and we drafted David Montgomery. So between the three of them, it could be better off than having Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's the top-leading rusher in football after Ezekiel and Kareem Hunt. So that may come back to haunt them because they don't have that reliable three-down running back because it's a lot of Montgomery as a rookie to be that because Jerry Cohen's going to get the first chance at running back. And again, the kicker's an issue. They all these kickers in camp. They failed to get Robbie Cole, so they didn't go out and get Jason Myers. Josh, Josh Jason Myers, one of the, My- the Myers kicker, they didn't get. They didn't go out at Goskowski because the Patriots resigned him. So the point is, every single kicker that had a chance to become a free agency free agent resigned or went somewhere else for more money. They failed to work out a trade to get the guy. They tried to, the their guy was Robbie Gold. Yes, he declined. They had to get rid of him, and he needed and he had a couple some down years. But that's how it is. Kickers they may not always be good every year, but. Even with Parky last year, he was hitting 60-something to 70% of his kicks, which is not bad. It's just not good enough to make it. So the kicking issue, the three-down running back, and the improvement of Trubisky really depends on if the Bears win eight, nine, ten games, win a division or wild-card spot they have because they have to deal with the Packers and the Vikings. The Vikings still have, on paper, we have Kyle Rudolph to fight Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. On paper, is better than the Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and... Tariq Cohen and Trey Burton combination. It's also better than Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, and Aaron Jones. But the problem is, Kirk Cousins was supposed to be the missing piece. If they went to the playoffs with Case Keenum and they said, we have a great offensive line, we got great skill players, we got great defense. But last year, the defense got off to a horrible start as well. As I said, defense can go up and down, you never know. But Mike Zimmer is known for his defense, and he's, and he's gonna, he definitely going to make sure that the way this season started last year, where they lost those games where they shouldn't have lost, their defense was horrible. He knows that that's going to come back to haunt them again if he wants to make the playoffs or win the division because he still has Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Harris Smith, and Xavier Rhodes. It's pretty. It's still a great defense. It's not as good as the Bears, but he knows that the defense got to get off to a better start. Also be a full year with Kevin Stefanski as offensive coordinator, which will help Kirk Cousins for a full season because last year with DeFilippo, with the inability to want to run the ball when they had Dalvin Cook, and, you know, I know they have great skill players, but you can't just be relying on only throwing the ball. And Zimmer's an old-school defense run-the-guy thing. He's like, yeah, I got good skill players on offense to throw to, but I need to run the ball more. Also, they re-signed kicker Dan Bailey. Now, Dan Bailey is not as good as he was in Dallas, but when he left Dallas, he's the second-most accurate kicker in NFL history with an 88.2% of field goals made, okay? Yeah, they traded for somebody and it didn't work out, but Dan Bailey when healthy, is a kicker that you can rely on. And the Bears don't have that kicker to rely on. And Mason Crosby has had his up and downs in, in Green Bay. So their kicker and how how good the top three skill players are on the team and their running back is may also come down to it because the Bears and the Vikings defense can play to a tie on defense. And Trubisky and Kirk Cousins can play to a tie. We've got the skill players and the kickers. So it's a three-team race for the division. And possibly, possibly the Bears and the Vikings could each win nine, ten games, and the Packers win 11-12, and they all make the playoffs, and the two wildcard teams are the Vikings and the Bears. It's happened before. The Bengals and the Ravens and the Steelers all make the playoffs. It's, it's very possible. Now, the Lions, they're not going to be the worst teams in the league, like the Giants, the Redskins, or the Cardinals, you know, or the, the Buccaneers. 
They can win six games. They can win seven games. They still have Stafford. I've got pay for Stafford is probably better than Mitch Trubisky and Kirk Cousins. The thing is, he doesn't have Jim Bob Cooter anymore. And when he's under Jim Bob Cooter, he improves on his turnovers and his completion percentage, all of those things. He just was a better quarterback and a more consistent quarterback under Jim Bob Cooter. So why would you get rid of him and hire Daryl Bevel, who, after this issue with the playoffs and the Seahawks throwing the ball instead of running it and losing the trust of the players in the team, it made no sense. Like he, he would be like a red flag, don't hire him. The team quit on him. They don't like how he calls play. Things were going well with Jim Bob Cooter. But I guess because Jim Bob Cooter was already on the staff when Matt Patricia got there, he wanted to make his own decisions of who he wanted to hire. And they still have Kenny Galloway and Marvin Jones, and they added Danny Amendola. So they got some good receivers. But Galloway is young. Marvin Jones is a good second or third guy, and Amendola is a slot guy. And they have Karen Johnson. He's a young guy. He's still improving. CJ Anderson. Yes, he was on the Rams last year and was playing really well, but it's a different offensive system. And they get and they drafted a tight end in the first round, who's big like Krakowski, and they signed Jesse James. And it's and it's always been the issue with Lions. Yeah, they have they had Megatron, they had Barry Sanders. And they have all these guys on offense, like great receivers, great running backs, you know, sometimes good tight ends. But in the end, it doesn't really matter because as good as Matthew Stafford is, he could never overcome the deficiencies on defense or even offensive line work. Yeah, and the defense is improving because that's what Matt Patriska's bread and butter is defense because Gerard Davis, the linebacker, Trey Flowers, and the guy that they traded for Damon Harrison for the Giants, and they have Darius Slay as four guys at defense that are good, but the problem is their defense is improving, and it's not good enough to where the Bears and Vikings defense is that they're going to have any chance of winning the division. They missed their opportunity because there were some years where the Vikings were not that good, and the Bears were horrible, and it was just Aaron Rodgers win division every year that the Lions missed out on every chance to win, make the playoffs and, do, and capitalize on Stafford's prime, and they did not. That could be in the GM. That could be in the horrible coaching. But again, the NFC North, the Packers' division to lose based on their improvements to what they already have. The Bears still have the great defense and improving offense. The Vikings still have a great defense and a great offense that had some issues, and they had a better kicker. So it could be that all three teams make the division and the Lions win six or seven games. It would be the best division in all of football because it really can be. And then we go to the NFC South. It is the Saints' division to lose because Drew Brees is better than everybody, even as he plays into his 40s like Tom Brady. Michael Thomas is on par with Julio Jones. Nothing the other, and Mike Evans. Okay, Alec Kamara is on par with Kristen McCaffrey and obviously Devontae Freeman and no running backs in Tampa Bay. Tavis Murray could do the Mark Ingram role that he did when Kamara took over as a rookie. That he could be a pass catcher, he could be the secondary running back in the offense because Kamara could pass catch, and he can become an intriguing weapon because he played really well last year for Minnesota when Dalvin Cook was injured. And they got Jared Cook. So it's good to have a tight end that's just reliable, consistent. He's not Jimmy Graham New Orleans level, but they need a tight end so that not everybody's double team Michael Thomas. And they still got Ted Ginn Jr., who can run with the best of them as well. And it also helps Drew Brees at his age that his offensive line is good and he has a good running game by having Kamara Murray. And on defense, Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore and Alex L and Zalane are leading that defense, and they said, we'll get better. We'll get Malcolm Brown on the on the in the front seven, and we'll get Kiko Alonso at linebacker. So Cam Jordan on a line with Malcolm Brown. That's pretty good. Alex Azanale gives Kiko Alonso and Marshawn Lattimore in the back in the secondary. That's pretty good. They have a chance with a great offensive with a good offensive line, a good defense, and all these skilled players. To, to win 10, 12 games, and it'd be really them and the Rams fighting for who has the first, who's the number one seed and who has a bye, because the Packers could challenge them, but the Saints 
are going to probably have one of the buys. Now the Falcons are good enough to be one of the wild card spots, but they have a lot of competition in this in the NFC because the Cowboys can make the playoffs, and of course the Bears and Vikings can. They still have Matt Ryan, who's you know he's a very good quarterback. He has Devontae Freeman healthy. He has Julio Jones. He's Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper. So he's got a good set of skilled players and a good rushing attack. The problem is Tevin Coleman was great as a secondary running back. How the Saints are going to do with Tavis Murray, pass catcher, secondary running back. And if there's an injury to your starting running back, like Freeman has been healthy. So that may come back to haunt them. If Freeman gets hurt, if they need some more offense because things don't work out in the passing game, and their offensive line is improving because they did use two first-round picks on offensive linemen, and they signed guards Jamin Brown and James Carpenter to help out Jake Matthews and Alice Mack to protect him. So they could offensive line with the guys they signed and the guys they drafted could gel into a top offensive line to protect Matt Ryan helped the running game. But the problem is Dan Quinn thinks he knows everything in terms of I was a defensive coordinator before I got hired. I got hired to be the head coach after it didn't work out with the offensive coordinated mind of a head coach of Mike Smith. So I'm going to run my own defense. But if Vic Beasley is the best player on my defense and I went to the Super Bowl with his team and nobody can know who's on the defense after going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, it's only Vic Beasley, guys maybe left their phrase or trades or whatever, that their defense is not good enough to overcome. Their defense is not good enough. So their offense can overcome the defense, but it's not going to be on par with the Saints where they're balanced on both sides of the ball. That is going to be challenging for the Falcons to make the second wildcard spot. But hey, if they go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, it's not a horrible season. They're just not better than some of the other teams, but it's very difficult to make the playoffs in the NFC. And the Panthers. Oh, the Panthers. Greg Olson, he has missed 16 games in the last couple of seasons, man. That's not good. He's been unhealthy, and he's the only reliable guy for Cam Newton to throw to, and he's the only guy over six feet tall because everybody on their team is like Chris Hogan and Curtis Samuel and all the guys who are very short, and then Torrey Smith, who's more of a third stringer at this point in his career. And Cam Newton come off right, right shoulder surgery. It doesn't make it better for him because he's not a pocket passer. So having shoulder under throwing arm is hard to complete passes, have great complete percentage, and throwing at the small window. And he also gets hurt his shoulder and played through injury last year because he likes to improvise, he likes to run the ball as much as possible, barrel into people because he's built like a tight end like Ben Roethlisberger's big guy. But all those, all the running and improvising, because he's never been a great pocket passer and a great quarterback in terms of passing and precision, that there's no way that coming off that surgery is going to make him even better. And if he gets hurt again uh, with a deep, with offensive line, that is never going to be top 10 when it comes to that. And it really doesn't help him in the long run, that if his shoulder surgery, you know, he can never, he's never going to be, you know, the quarterback he was. The offensive line is middle to pack to below average, and Greg Olson can't stay healthy. And all the wide receivers are Chris Hogan and short people and Torrey Smith. Who is he going to throw to? Which is why Chris McCaffrey is probably going to run the ball as much as possible. He's also then going to catch little screen passes, and they're going to burn out Chris McCaffrey like the DeMarco Murray did when he was in when he was a young running back and the way they did with Marshawn Lynch and they've done with, they're trying to do Ezekiel Elliott and running backs are like, no, you can't do this. Or LaShawn McCoy. He's got to do it all. Because the defense still has Gerald McCoy, DeAndre Poe, Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, and Eric Reed, and they brought in Bruce Irvin. But when it comes to their defensive backs, Eric Reed is the only guy you can hurt, hurt of. So as good as their front seven is and as good as Chris McCaffrey is, it doesn't make up for Cam Newton's shoulder. 
not a great offensive line, not great skill players to throw the ball to because Greg Olson can't stay healthy. The Chris McCaffrey, everybody's going to get a game plan for Chris McCaffrey. So Andrew, and you don't know if Cam Newton's going to be like, should I run the ball? What should I do? It's not the Panthers are going to be horrible. The Panthers are probably going to finish in third place. They're probably going to be 6-10 and 10 or 7-9, and nine, so that's not bad. It's competitive, but it's not going to be, this middle of the pack is not horrible. And the Buccaneers, they're like, we're so afraid that Dirk Cutter is going to leave and go somewhere else because he's a hot candidate to be an offensive mind, offensive mind head coach. So we're going to fire Lovey Smith, even though everybody loved Lovey Smith. Okay? He was a lovable guy. Even the Bears fans loved him even after what's happened. That didn't work out because Jameis Winston either hasn't been healthy, he's been suspended, and just hasn't worked out. So, like, let's hire Bruce Arians. He's a quarterback whisperer. Andrew Luck. I helped Andrew Luck out. Oh, I helped Ben Roethlisberger out, too, and everybody there. And I helped the Cardinals make the playoffs despite having, you know, Carson Palmer who can't stay healthy and everybody thought his career was over, and a bunch of backups. He had all these, he had these third- and fourth-string quarterbacks because the Cardinals were good enough on offense and defense to get to the playoffs as a wild-card team. But he just had nobody to use, but he was a, he's a quarterback whisperer. And this is James Winston's last season. I think he's, he's most likely going to be a free agent. The Buccaneers need to move on from him. I don't know if anybody else is going to sign him unless it's to be a backup quarterback. So this is the idea. You hire Bruce Aaron for a couple of years because he was in retirement because he was burned out in St. Louis and he was a broadcaster. And you go, here you go. You get a couple of years. You're going to try out James Winston. If it doesn't work out this year, we're not going to fire you. But if we're really, really bad, you can choose the next quarterback and get him off to the right place and you may want to continue coaching. Because this offensive line is horrible. Bruce Arians is inheriting a horrible offensive line. Peyton Barber, ever since Doug Martin left them, their running back situation has, hasn't been that great. They've had some running backs that come in there, and they're, oh, they're good for a couple of games, and everybody in fantasy picks up those running backs, and they're good for a couple of weeks, but that's it. And their defense is, is ranked at the bottom of the league because the only person you ever heard of is they brought in Dominican Sue in. There are nobody on Tampa Bay's defense anymore that you could have heard of and pinpoint, I've heard of that guy, they have a chance. So it doesn't really help when offensive line and run game and defense that puts all the pressure on Winston, which is why they got Bruce Arians. Because the skill that Winston needs to improve is, is like Cam Newton, stay in the pocket, be a more efficient passer, better completion percentage, just be a better quarterback overall. And you had Mike Evans with a top 10 wide receiver, and you got a two-headed monster tight ends in O.J. Howard and Cam Bray, so they could probably do a lot of two tight end sets to get him most out of Winston. So he has two tight ends to throw to and Howard Bray as security blankets. And I know that he lost the deep throw to Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys is gone. But Chris Godwin has shown enough that he could be your wide receiver two on a team that has two good tight ends. So they'll be throwing the ball a lot, obviously, because their defense isn't that good. So they'll be down a lot, which is good because the running game isn't good. So Winston with chucking the ball all the time, but he's got to be better at chucking because he's got four good players to throw to. Now, if he gets hurt, yep, they'll be lucky to win three or four games. If he's healthy, they could probably win five or six games, but that's maybe, just maybe for the Buccaneers because five or six games is nice. If I think that the Falcons could be 9-7 and seven or 7-9 seven and nine and the Panthers could be 6-10 and ten and between 6-10 and ten and 8-8, eight and eight, I'll be lucky. They'll be nice enough to say that the Buccaneers win six games. Probably five, but it could be three or four if they have to rely on Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin. Ooh, that's not really good. That's the problem. Some of these teams back of quarterbacks. You know, you don't need to sign a good backup quarterback if your quarterback is reliable and healthy. But if you have a good backup, they're going to ask you to play him. That's the other issue. Now the Seahawks and the Rams and the 49ers, all three can make the playoffs. But we obviously all know that the Rams in the NFC West 
They're going to fight with the Saints and the Packers to have the number one seed in the playoff. They'll probably have the number one seed in the bye week and win 10 to 14 games, maybe 12, 13 games, because Sean McVay is going to learn from Super Bowl mistakes, and that's only going to make it better for this year because he gets Cooper Cup back healthy to pair with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. That's a great three-headed monster at wide receiver. And Todd Gurley, yeah, he had all of his issues with the, you know, arthritis in his knee, stuff like that. But if he's over all the time off and he's just 60 to 70 or 80% what he is, the passing offense is good. Jared Goff's going to have another season with Sean McVay. They can probably throw out more plays out there that he can learn. The offensive line is good to protect them so they can take chances with the with the running game if Gurley's not that good and the passing game. And Aaron Donald and Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib are like, hey, we're still here. We're still a good defense. We may not be top 10 defense in everybody's mind, but we could be top 10 because we brought back Dante Fowler, linebacker, and we decided, you know, we'll bring Clay Matthews with him and Eric Weddle. So Eric Weddle will help Marcus Peters and keep to leave, and Clay Matthews, Dante Fowler, and Aaron Donald will help the front seven. So Wade Phillips, again, has more pieces to choose, and he has Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle, which is a lot better than having Dadama Kinsuda worry about. And when you have Meg, Legatron, Greg Zerline, and punter Johnny Hecker, this, the special team is great too. So it's McVeigh's division to lose. It's also McVeigh's conference to lose. It's also if he has to face the Saints in the playoffs in the championship round, they'll probably win. Not all the Shans, but it's really going to matter of if you can outcoach Tom, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and you can outcoach the Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes combination. That's really that's all that matters for the Rams is they know they can win the division. They know they can probably get the number one seed and have a bye week or even the number two seed. But it's a matter of can you beat the other two teams with offensive with, a, with the offense the other team has, the coaching situation where they know what they're doing, it's better coaching of Reed and, and you know, Lou Belichick are probably the two best coaches in football that have been around for a while. Now the Seahawks, this year, Russell Wilson will don't have to always do everything on his own because he's always down. He's by like a couple points, a touchdown or so. He's got to lead his team back from the playoffs. He's got to do it, lead his team to the playoffs, but down from huge deficit. He's got to run the ball and be the leading rusher on his team because they have the run game. He's going to have to improvise because the offensive line is protecting him. He doesn't have great receivers. But the thing for Russell Wilson this year is if Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are healthy, he doesn't have to be the leading rusher, and they could be all about rushing because Doug Baldwin retired. Yeah, they drafted DJ Metcalf, but it's all about his physicality. Nobody, they didn't draft him for how good he was as a wide receiver. There's always question about what position he is. So it's going to be a battle for Russell Wilson to get to 9-7 and seven and be a playoff team because the Bears and Vikings can make the playoffs as a wild card. The Cowboys can. The Falcons can. So that's four of the teams he's got to worry about in the Cowboys, the Bears, and the Vikings and the Falcons. And then he's got to worry about the 49ers, who everybody thought could be a wildcard team last year as well. But the thing is, the, it's not a legion of boom defense anymore, but Bobby Wagner is still there, and so is KJ Wright. They're pretty good, and the Griffin brothers are both there. So that's four guys you can rely on. But now they added Jadavian Clowney, too. Jadavian Clowney helps if he's pairing up with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and Griffin brothers. So the defense got better for Russell Wilson because the Griffin brothers are young and they're proving and they had Devin and Clowney and at, since Hoshka left Stephen Hoshka they got themselves the kicker Myers from the Jets that is the key they had issues with kicking in the last couple of years since Hoshka left they even had they even use Jankowski who's old and they retired and he's always the big fat guy so their kicking's improved they had Devin and Clowney they could be a lot better but they got to compete with the 49ers because if Jimmy G Jimmy Garoppolo 
is healthy, him he himself could account for eight to nine wins because of his quarterbacking play, because that's what everybody thought last year. He's good enough to do that. Some teams when they have a quarterback, they're good. But the problem is you can't just throw the ball to George Kittle all the time. And Pierre Garçon is the only name people heard of the last couple of seasons, but he's retired because they don't want another situation where Jimmy Grapple gets hurt and they have to use the uh, undrafted quarterback, Nick Mullins, and and the third-round pick, C.J. Bedford. They were okay last year because overall, Kyle Shanahan knows how to coach offense. So using undrafted and a third-round quarterback, yeah, that's easy for him. But when he gets a caliber quarterback, Garoppolo's been, oh, you know, the type of playbook and all the things he wants to run and the tight end sets he wants to roll with Kittle. But the good thing is, Jared McKinnon, even if he's not going to play this year for most season because he's unhealthy again, they said, you know what? Matt Breida proved he can play last year even if he's undrafted. And Tevin Coleman was always good when Devontae Freeman was injured. So having Tevin Coleman's playoff experience and having the, t- having the, the ability to rely on Matt Breida, the running game will be better than it was last year because of what happened with Jared McKinnon as well. And all the experience molds, but I forgot the help of Jimmy G gets hurt. And their top seven, top front seven, top ten front seven is amazing. They added Boza and they traded for D Ford that already has DeForest Buckner. So they could have a top ten front seven this year based on the drafting of Boza and D Ford and have a franchise player Nick Boza. And Richard Sherman leads the DBs, but it's but it's like on some of these teams just because you have, you know, on the Panthers they have Eric Reed, it's one guy you've heard of, doesn't mean that's good. So the 49ers have a great front seven, but their defensive backs, their offensive line is eh, and they have no real skilled players to throw to besides Kittle. It will be an uphill battle for Garoppolo, but based on Garoppolo's talent and some of the players on this team on defense, they're not going to be horrible. They're not going to have a top five pick. They can go 7-9, 8-8, or 9-7. It could be with the Seahawks for a, 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 a playoff spot, but it's not guaranteed. They just know that they're not going to be as bad as last year and not going to be the worst team in the NFC or the worst team in their division because the Cardinals said, you know what, Steve Wilkes, we'll give you one year. Now you're out. Josh Rosen, we'll put you in a bad situation. Bad offensive line. David Johnson's coming off an injury. Larry Fitzgerald's good as We have no other receivers. Our defense has been going down the past couple of years ever since Todd Bowles left us. So we'll put you, Josh Allen, in a horrible situation, which we all thought that Sam Bradford was going to play for, I don't know, the first seven, eight, nine games, and he comes in later. But that never worked out, and he was put in a horrible position. They said, you know what? Screw that. We're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury, who's not a great winning head coach in college. So he doesn't have the experience even being a coordinator in the league. And we'll draft Kyle Murray, an undersized quarterback, when the offensive line is horrible. So it's going to be hard for an undersized quarterback, a not a great pocket passer quarterback, compared to everybody else when he comes in. And a new system and a new offensive co- and a new system he's got to learn with Cliff Kingsbury, who's going to be the offensive coordinator because he's one of those new young hotshot model genius guys there let's go with him but let's also not have an offensive coordinator so we can focus on how it is to be a head coach because he has to worry about being a head coach in this league besides from also improving this offense so josh rosen wasn't getting a fair shake he's gone kyler murray's in and the bad offensive line is gonna is not gonna be really helpful for the for the cardinals this year because of the height at the end and he's a rookie He's got he's already gonna do playbook at the same time. He's not he's not known for being a pocket passer. He's got great legs, he can run, he's good at improvising. And at the same time, David Johnson is good, but he's a problem. He hasn't been healthy. So what if David Johnson gets hurt? How are you going to fix the issue? And and your other option at quarterback is Brett Hundley and Chase 
Edmonds at running back. It doesn't really help you this year. Kyler Murray goes down because the offensive line is horrible. He has nobody to throw to the ball because Fitz is old, and he's I know he's going to Hall of Fame, but he's not a number one guy anymore. And Crabtree, if he was good, he wouldn't have signed this late in the offseason to the team because they could say, well, we got veteran Charles Clay, and we got Kristen Kirk, who's young. But Kristen Kirk, Michael Crabtree, Larry Fitzgerald, and Charles Clay is not enough to help a young quarterback, nor is David Johnson's health that's an issue. And they brought in Vance Joseph in. Vance Joseph didn't get a fair shake in Denver. They fired him, even though he was younger than the guy they brought in. Now, he came in. He's going to come in here and fix the defense and run the same sort of system and scheme that Todd Bowles did when the defense was ranked top 10 with Todd Bowles. Also, it will help because he's been a head coach in this league, and Cliff Clingsbury is going to be offensive coordinator. How is he going to time to do head coaching stuff that every head coach needs to do? It's Patrick Peterson, who's their best defensive player, but he's suspended for six games. So for the first six games, you won't have your best defensive player. Terrell Suggs is old, and Chandler Jones is the only good guy. So Cardinals will be lucky to win three or four games this year, and that's just being put asleep. But hey, they have their quarterback again, like I thought last year, and they get a top-five pick. They can improve this offensive line or get a stud wide receiver or stud defensive player, and that's, that's really what it is. So this division is the Rams going to blow away with it probably get all the way to the conference final and get to the Super Bowl and have a bye week. The Seahawks have a chance to be a playoff team because their defense improved. The 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo back and actually have a running back and backup plans at running back and quarterback and have a good enough front seven that they can also be a playoff team. But the Bears, the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Falcons had better shots at making the playoffs than the 49ers or Seahawks. And that's just what it's going to be. It's very hard in the NFC to make the playoffs. And we all know the Cardinals are just going to be bad this year. We just know how bad they're going to be with a head coach who's never had coached in the NFL or been a coordinator in the NFL, doesn't have an offensive coordinator, hired a defensive coordinator who's going to help them out with the coaching, and their receiving core is not that great, and their defense best players in the six games. It's going to be a long season for the Cardinals. Cardinals are going to have a long season. The Buccaneers are not going to be as bad as them, but they're going to have a long season. The Lions are not going to be that bad. They're probably going to be the best worst team because the Giants of Washington are both going to be horrible. And the Panthers are not going to have a great season as well, but they're better than the Buccaneers, and the Seahawks 49 are better. So when it comes to the playoffs, the Eagles and the Packers will most likely win their divisions, and the Saints and Rams get a bye week. The Packers then host Seattle, because I feel like Seattle has a, good, a better shot than the Vikings this year, better quarterback play, and the Bears are better than the Cowboys and the, and the Falcons. So the Eagles will be have the Eagles will be facing the Bears because the higher seed the Bears are going to be than Seattle, and the Bears, the Bears they could beat Seattle. I mean they could beat the Eagles, and the Packers could beat Seattle. So if the Packers beat Seattle and the Eagles beat the and the Bears beat the Eagles, it's Packers versus Bears, and that'd be an epic division, you know, division rival to playoffs. But what's going to come down to is that's not going to happen. The Bears are going to have to play the Rams. I know the Bears beat them in the, in the regular season before, and the Saints are going to beat the Packers. But just imagine the Packers and the Bears upset the Rams and the Saints, and they play for the Super Bowl. That'd be interesting. The most likely outcome is going to be the Saints will beat whoever wins the Packers or whoever wins the NFC North. If it's the Packers or the Vikings and they beat the wild card team, the Saints can beat them. And the Eagles will beat whoever wins the wild card spot, most likely. And the Rams can beat the Eagles. And the Saints and the Rams can have an epic conference final. And then the epic Super Bowl because Rams are Saints. The Patriots and the Chiefs are going to have 10 to 13, maybe 14 wins. So they'll have bye weeks. And most likely the Steelers win their division and the Texans win theirs. The Texans will host the best wild card team, will be the Chargers, and they'll be outmatched. Chargers are way better than the Chargers, are better than some of the teams in the NFC. 
and the Steelers will host the Browns because they'll probably get the second wild card because I don't think the Ravens can get it. Nobody in the Patriots division can get it. I don't think Tennessee or Indianapolis or Jacksonville, that division is going to get it. And I don't think the Broncos are going to get it. So the, so the Steelers will host the Browns, and I think let's say the Steelers win, and of course the Chargers win, but the Chargers would have to then play the, the best team, most likely. And, the, uh, and whatever happens in the playoffs, the Patriots can handle the Steelers or the Chargers, and the Chiefs can handle the Chiefs or the Chiefs or the Chargers. The Chiefs can handle the Steelers or the Chargers. So it's going to be Patch Chiefs again. Epic epic conference final again. And then if it is the Patriots again, because they can't, you never can take them out. They're always going to win. It's never going to be, oh, no, it's not this. It's not the Patriots. Until it's proven otherwise, the Patriots will get the Super Bowl and they'll face the Rams. It'll be a matchup, like I predicted last year, a rematch, where I predicted the Eagles would rematch with the Patriots. But I think John McVay will learn his lesson, and the offense will be better than it was last year to overcome the Patriots. But if it's the Chiefs versus the Rams, it's going to be high scoring like they did in Mexico. If it's Saints versus the Chiefs, another high scoring game. And if it's Patriots versus Page versus Saints, I'm still going to go Patriots there. It's only if the Patriots face the Rams, the Rams have a chance. If it's the Rams versus the Chiefs, it's a toss up. If it's Chiefs versus Saints, that's a toss up too. It's only if the Patriots, if the Rams are the Patriots, the Patriots don't win. Now, MVP this year, everybody's going to go Mahomes, Carson Wentz, and Drew Brees. And that's fine by me. I just feel like MVP a guy that if you don't have this guy, you don't make the playoffs. And that could be Russell Wilson. That could be Matt Ryan. That could also be Aaron Rodgers as well. It could be it could be you know Zeke Elliott because he doesn't actually play, and they actually need him. And at the same time, the Browns are Baker Mayfield, and the Texans with how good Deshaun Watson plays, he could be an MVP candidate. And Philip Rivers could be an MVP candidate. There are other options here. But Offensive Player of the Year will be Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley as the running backs. We're very good, and McCaffrey's going to be the only offense. At the same time, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and, and you know, Garrett, and uh, Miles Garrett, they have a chance all to be Defensive Player of the Year. Josh Jacobs has a chance to be Rookie of the Year. Offensively, so does Montgomery of the Bears. Say Montgomery because the Bills running backs not going to play that much. And everybody's going Kyler Murray. I don't know how good it's going to go for Kyler Murray. He's a, he's a lock. Jacobs is going to get the opportunity like Murray, but Jacobs has a better chance because I feel like the Raiders team is a lot better than the Cardinals team. And everybody's saying the Steelers, the linebacker, Devin Bush, and you got a linebacker of the Jags, Josh Allen, and you got Quinn Williams of the Jets. All three could win it. You never know. It's hard to figure out like who's going to win rookie of the year defensively. And Earl Thomas, in my opinion, would come back to player of the year because he's going to be on a team where he can make an impact. At the same time, Jimmy G, he can win it if he makes the playoff. Cooper Cup. If he makes an impact, he can win it as well. Frank Reich, he's gonna get all he's gonna get all this the votes because he's gonna have no Andrew Luck and they're gonna be competitive. Everybody's giving it to Freddie Kitchens. Don't just annoy him yet. And I think Anthony Lynn. Being in the division with the Chiefs is hard. Trying to get the number one wild card spot is hard. So that's on him and Mike Zimmer again. Trying to get a wild card spot in his own division is difficult. There are other choices. You could say, oh, the Packers first year head coach. You could say Adam Gase with the Jets if they improve. You could say Harbaugh with the Ravens if they make, if they make the playoffs. You could say that Bill O'Brien good with the Texans. And then you could say that how good of Dodge Garrett does or, you know, Doug Peterson does. And you can also say how good, you know, Maggie could do it as well. You just give it to Dan Quinn if the Falcons make the playoffs. And you can obviously give it to... To Shanahan if they make the playoffs, if they get a Pete Carroll as well. 
But yes, so this year's 2019-20 NFL preview by Radar for On the Radar Entertainment blog will end with the fact that the Patriots, until proven otherwise, can get to the Super Bowl, have a bye, sweep their own division, and win it again. The only chance they can lose if the Chiefs beat them in the playoffs or if the Rams beat them in the playoffs. That was Radar for your On the Radar Entertainment blog with the 2019-20 NFL preview.